All right, welcome to the show. It's Clarence Fisher, and this week I've got a treat for you. A uh, a guy that's really become a good friend of mine, uh, one, but also uh, he runs several different businesses. Has been listed on for two consecutive years. They've been awarded by the by Inc. Right? You have that these Inc. Five Thousand list, and then also. This year, he was awarded, well, I, I know he'll say his team, uh, awarded the best workplaces uh, in there. And I think there was only in the state that we're in, him and one other company. Please welcome to the show this week, uh, my good friend, Kevin Burr. Kevin, are you there? Yes, sir. Great, Clarence. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to uh, just sitting down and chatting with you a little bit here, bud. Absolutely. I appreciate it. appreciate you making it. So uh, tell everyone, you know, what it is that you do and how you're helping people. Well, I I own Barracuda Staffing, Barracuda Consulting, and Red River Payroll. So we're in the human resources business. We are all about people. Uh, So some of the things that we do, um, there's an advanced PDP philosophy that we use. Uh, it's an advanced science of understanding and motivating people. It's something that we use with our clients. Uh, it helps them for hiring. It helps them for managing. helps them for promoting. It helps them for team building. And it also helps them for communicating. So those are just some of the ways that um, using that type of hiring philosophy can be really helpful. Um, I've been doing it with my own company for several years and realized just how uh, valuable this was. So I went out and actually got PDP certified. Um, and now I'm actually offering that service to other businesses as well. So it's been amazing for us. Like you said, you listed off a few of the things that uh, we've been uh, recognized for as of recently, um, and that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot of things. Our culture means everything to us, but it's because we know the people that we have and we know where to place them is, is kind of uh, our philosophy behind it. That's awesome. So you said the people that you have and where to place them. So uh, when we talk about, you know, what's the difference when they achieve, you know, when they do this PDP as far as the outcome? Well, actually, I well, guess we should start we, with telling us what, what is a PDP, right? Okay. Um, so it's a professional diametric program. It's a survey, uh, not a test. It is a survey that they go through, um, and it literally takes them maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes tops. Um, they take the survey, answer some questions, pretty easy type questions. We're not talking about algebra, geometry. I mean, this is just basic questions about themselves, how they are viewed, and then how they think others view them. Um, and then when they get down to it, uh, it shoots back a report. Now, this this thing has been been used since the 1970s. So this isn't new technology. This is actually old science that has been replicated over five million times. Um, so it's got a quite a long list of things that uh, um, that they've been using it for. And, and they are able to, for all the factors that are involved, uh, they're able with 96% uh, to be able to, to get these nailed down. So um, I've done a bunch of them, and uh, I have never had someone come back and say, you know what, that's just not me. Uh, I don't think this survey is right. No, it's, uh, it's usually the exact opposite. It, it blows their mind how much information we're able to get and convey to them in such a short period of time. But it's based upon the science, and um, that's, uh, that's why we use it. it. It really helps someone 
understanding themselves. Um, I really uh, come from the school of leadership that says, hey, to be able to lead others, you have to be able to lead yourself. Um, I'm also in the same school that to be able to work well with others, you have to be able to understand yourself. And this is how individuals function most naturally, what role individual skill they need to play, um, and how individuals can predictably come across to other people. So um, that, those are the reasons that we use the science that we use. Tell us about the difference that that makes in a business when you, when you have that. Well, what it really does for me, it reveals a tangible objective data for me about my people. And it enables me to fuel the organizational's growth. And what I mean by that is when you know the people that you have, and you know what they're really good at, and then you know what happens to them when X amount of stress is put on them, you can predictably figure out what programs and what projects you can give to certain individuals. You can also figure out who would work better in side-by-side -side projects um, than maybe another, uh, another couple people in the business. So let me just kind of give you... A, a fair example here. So several years ago, the, the business was struggling to really grow. Um, I felt like I had some really good people, um, but it still wasn't growing. And, and what I figured out was is I wasn't putting the right integrators together. So myself, I am someone that is really good at taking off and starting things. I am not, however, one of the people that can come in, attach processes to it, and then be able to finish it. So what I did is I actually promoted up one of my top people that had a PDP that showed that they were able to do consistent processes and that they were able to build them out and that they were able to do that. And when we started working really close hand-in-hand -hand together, the company really started coming together. So that, uh, that's just an example of how we've used it. Now we've used it. Uh, that's when we had five employees. Uh, now we have 18 employees just a few short years later. Um, and growing at, a, at, obviously, you said the Inc. 5000 one of the fastest growing companies. So if there is some, you know, it's not just science. It actually does work. Um, so that's, uh, that's the reason why we do it and, and what we get out of it. Great. So are there any, um, are there any myths? Like what, what, what are the biggest myths uh, surrounding doing uh, testing, well, surveys like the PDP? Some of the biggest myths is that, no, people really don't change. Um, well, people, once they actually start realizing who they truly are and how they operate best, and you're able to put them in those types of scenarios, and then they start seeing success, um, success breeds some more success. So you continue to do that, they start seeing success, they start wanting to know even more about themselves, um, and we have very candid conversations about who we are in this business and what our shortcomings are. We are not afraid to talk about where it is that we are not that great. And when we do that, we also find people that say, wow, but I am good at this, so maybe we can work together to make this better. So. When you do that, you're very candid, you get to know yourself, then you get to know your people, and then everyone starts working, to better, working together better. Um, not only working together better, uh, but they are communicating better. Communication, to me, is the key to almost everything. When you can understand how someone likes to be communicated to, 
and what their most natural style of communicating to someone else is, then you can kind of start understanding people. So one of the people in my organization uh, found out through the PDP that they are more of a teller. And what that means to them is that they have found themselves, when it comes down to them wanting something done, that they tell people what they want done and how they want it done. They uh, didn't know that about themselves. They had never really thought about it in that way. But then they realized that they were coming across as a teller. And when they um, started looking at other PDPs of the individuals that were in the building and realized that a lot of people don't respond well to being told what to do, they changed up their natural communication style a little bit and were able to relate better to more people. And then all of a sudden, some communications and some relationships got even better with them and got, had even more success. So I'm more of a seller style. Um, there's several different styles, but those are a couple of the different styles. So if I want somebody to get something done, I'll sell them on the reason why. I'll tell them, um, I'll, I'll kind of sell them on the project and sell them on, on how that's going to work out best. So those are just a couple of the communication styles, and then you learn how people uh, react to that. And it's a, it's a game changer. It really is. I think uh, in my PDP that you did for me, I ended up being a seller as well. Uh, and Correct. I, yeah. And I, I noticed that there were some things on, on my PDP that I felt like, man, that's awesome to, I was surprised at that. I, that's awesome to know. And then there were some things that I thought, uh, man, I really wanted to be like, I really wanted to be this. <laughs> you know? uh, so are there any, um, you know, are there any fears that, that people have in, in even in knowing themselves like that? I think the one that comes out the most, and honestly, it comes out more in our personal lives than it does anywhere else, is uh, it talks about your backup style. And what, what it talks about in this part of the survey is the backup style refers to what happens to you when you've kind of lost your patience or that you've, you know, you just feel that what you're doing is just no longer worth the effort anymore. Or maybe you've told someone time and time and time again, and they're just not figuring out what will happen is your backup style will, will creep up. And what my backup style tends to be is verbal attack. Now, that doesn't sound great to anybody. I don't know anybody that's like, yeah, I'm a verbal attack. <laughs> now, what that, what that means is, is that you were just going to kind of get to that point of you've lost your sense uh, of patience and you're just going to lash out and verbally attack. I'm going to interrupt. I'm going to talk too much. Uh, I'm going to really just kind of turn into that verbal attack. Now, what I've found is, is a lot of other people are actually avoid conflict. So if you can imagine how a conversation goes between two individuals that one is verbal attack and the other one is avoid conflict, the verbal attack is pursuing a conversation, trying to make it happen and talk too much. The avoid conflict can't get away fast enough, but is stuck there with someone that is verbally attacking them. Mm. So it doesn't go well when two people have lost their sense of patience in that. And what we find is that once you know this about yourself, you'll see it in yourself. And when you see it in yourself, it's almost like a ding, ding, ding. Oh my gosh. I see what's happening now. What am I really losing my patience about? Because it could be a thousand different things. I mean, we all are human beings, and there's stress that comes into life. Generally, it happens uh, more in our personal lives. We'll show that backup stuff more in our personal lives. I'm sure my, my wife and my kids could, 
could attest to that more so than my employees, hopefully. But um, that's kind of because you're, you're more natural at your residence. You're going to be more natural to show that um, backup style off. So that's, uh, that's probably the one that most everybody just kind of cringes a little bit when they hear what their backup style is. But that's what happens when you lose your patience. Uh, when you, you just feel it's not worth the effort. No, nothing ever good happens when you lose your patience and you feel things aren't worth the effort anymore. So that's probably the one that most people look at and say, oh, I wish that wasn't it. But we all have one. It's just, uh, it's you know, there's one that's a dictatorial steamroller. Uh, one of my guys found out that they're a dictatorial steamroller and he was like, no, and then he realized, yes, I am. Oh, no. <laughs> so he has learned through this process um, and he's actually uh, requested that his wife now has uh, a scan so that uh, they can work together better uh, in their own personal life. So it, it can really, it can change people for the better in the fact that they just become more self-aware. I think that's just a big key to success is having some self-awareness. Totally agree. Totally agree. I think I find my, even myself now kind of just pull back and, and try to understand why I, I felt that way about this situation or, or, or wanted or acted that way, you know, about a certain situation. I love one of the, one of the things that you've done as far as taking team members main points of their survey results and actually printing those out for others to see. Is, is that something so you mind was- sharing at all? No, 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 absolutely. So one of the things that we're very passionate about is obviously you have to get to know yourself. You have to be able to understand yourself. But in working in such a close-knit group that we work in here is that, you know, our, our jobs are already stressful enough. You know, we're in the business of dealing with people. We don't have a widget that performs at 100% every single time that we sell that widget. We're in the business of human capital, obviously, that people that we're helping find jobs, companies that are using those resources and everything like that. So unfortunately our product has a tendency to fail. So that can create high stress, uh, high stressful conversations and everything like that. So um, some of what we do is just to be able to combat that and just to be able to work and keep from, keep them from having to deal with some overload in that area. So what do you think are Did some I answer your question? I kind of sounded like I didn't answer your question. Well, I didn't, I didn't did I answer it for. I think you did. I think what I saw okay. was you took, uh, you know, specifically when you're talking about how people react when they are, when they are losing patience. And if I see right. at, at your desk that you are a, a verbal attacker, then I can probably tell, you know, I've, I've pushed you to lose your patience right. somehow, you know. So we put that at everybody's desk for that particular reason is that it's not just about learning who yourself is. It's learning about your entire team and knowing what your entire team is about. And if you're having any sort of a conflict uh, with someone else that maybe, hey, maybe we can just revert to this PDP survey result here and see where they fall um, in some of their – and a lot of times we find out that maybe – just the communication styles are completely off um, or that the way that someone, their logic, the way that they look at things, the way that decisions are being made, they're very factual based for someone that's very feelings based. And those two people just don't quite understand why a feelings based person can't understand why a fact based person needs time to make a decision. 
but then a fact-based person has no idea why a feelings-based person feels like they know the answer in less than two seconds. Well, it's because <laughs> they rely on, on their logic. You know, a feelings-based person says, well, yeah, based upon all my past experiences, I know exactly the answer to this question. Where a fact-based person is like, well, I kind of want to do some research and figure out what is the best way to go about doing this. And neither one really understand each other. Um, so in our business, what we've realized to do is that if we need a quick decision, I'll grab my feelings-based people, I'll pull them in the room and say, hey, what is your gut telling you, everybody? What is the intuition telling you on this? What do I need? But if we're looking at a major change and maybe a software purchase or something of that nature, I'll grab my facts-based people and say, hey, listen, over the next week or so, I want you guys to jump in here and start doing some research on what might be the best for us moving forward software. Let's convene back on Friday and get together, and let us I'd love to hear what your research tells you. And so at that point, I'm using their best skills and their best way of knowing and building things to be able to move the company forward. So that's one of the ways that I've utilized having – uh, you can call it inside information, whatever, but if, when you use people's skills to the best of their abilities, they're going to be happier, um, and, and happiness tends to uh, create more production. More production provides more opportunity, and more opportunity just provides a great environment because people tend to have a chance to be able to move up and, and accomplish more goals. Wow. What do you think are some of the uh, obstacles that keep business owners from seeking this out? Well, if they actually understood, um, every business owner is different, but the majority of them look at just hard costs. And they say, okay, you know, the hard cost on this is X. Uh, I'm just not going to do that. But if they actually figured out that the cost that they have right now is more in their employee turnover, and their employee dissatisfaction, and the fact that they're saying right now that 70 to 80% of all employees out there are actively disengaged at work. And if that number's correct, which I don't necessarily think that it's incorrect, 70% of people are actually going to work trying to figure out something else to do. Um, they said in a study that I looked at that actively disengaged employees cost organizations between 450 and 550 billion dollars every year. Mm. That's a lot of money. Um, so if I'm going to be thinking about how I can save myself some money, I'm going to try and figure out how can I create a culture of better employee retention. How can I create a culture of less turnover? How my top management team feels challenged, and if the people that are working for those managers feel like they want to take on the roles and the responsibilities of their managers so that they can best escalate themselves through the business. So if you do that, then you tend to have a culture that, that does that. And, you know, when, when people see that you're investing in them, because like I said, there's a lot of stuff on the survey that you hear about that it may not make you a better employee, but it probably is going to make you a better father, a uh, better wife, better, uh, you know, husband, you know, whatever it is in your personal life, um, and, and that will bleed over into your employment life as well. So I think it's um, a good idea to always invest in your employees. Um, I try and do it at every every chance I get. Uh, the more I can invest in them, the, the greater the return I end up in the long run. So can you share um, 
maybe an example of how you've been able to help a company, um, you know, overcome that you talk about culture and overcoming mm-hmm. the obstacles of, you know, I don't want to say a toxic culture, but definitely maybe, maybe it's not how they would want it. So I, I recently just met with a team uh, they're in the construction industry, property management type stuff. And they were talking and I asked them, I said, the first question I said, so how much has your hiring process or lack thereof over the last several years cost you? And the first automatic answer is like, well, I have no idea. And I'm like, well, how many people are here today that were here three years ago? And they all kind of looked around the room and this is about a 24 person company. So it's not, you know, too crazy to be able to figure out. And they kind of figured out that almost 50% of the people in their business were not around three years ago. Mm. Um, and that they've had that much turnover during that time. And then I asked him, I said, well, how much do you think that turnover has cost you now that you know the number, you know, what, it, what are your people making in this business and how much does it cost? Because generally it's going to cost you more money than what you actually paid the individual. Um, because of lost opportunity, lost relationships, uh, lost work. You know, if you could retain good employees, what would that what would that do for you guys? Um, and they just looked at me and said that that would have been a game changer for us if we would have done this three years ago. If we would have been able to start changing our culture and have greater retention, um, one guy said, "I know off the bat three guys that have left to go work for other places that has been." super successful and that we lost them because our culture wasn't as good as the places that they went. So um, one of the things that I can tell you with absolute certainty right now, employees are looking not only for financial compensation because most everybody thinks these days that, Oh, you have to be paid. You have to be paid, but not everybody is motivated by that. Some people are motivated by security. Some people are motivated by stability. Some people are motivated by happiness. Um, Some people are motivated by opportunity. So, really learning what people are motivated by and understanding those motivations allows you to reward those employees and thus creating a better culture. And that's one of the things that, that comes on the surveys that we post in everybody's space here. So I can walk around and in a matter of 10 minutes, I can figure out, okay, I really want to reward this person. I'm not quite sure. Oh, I know exactly how I can reward them. I'll go and look and make sure that I am meeting all their motivators. And if I'm meeting all their motivators, then yeah, a nice gift card or something like that might be appropriate. But what I used to do is give gift cards out to everyone. And I found one time when I was looking for a, a pair of scissors, one of my employees was gone, uh, opened up her top drawer, and there was a stack of gift cards there that she had never even used. Next day she comes in and I said, hey, those gift cards that I've given you, I came across them yesterday when I was looking for scissors. Have you never used those? And she just looked at me and said, no. And I said, was that ever really a good reward for you then? And she was like, no, I guess not. And it was just a game changer for me to realize that I was rewarding someone based upon my own ideas of what a reward should have been. And when I found out that she really just wanted a pat on the back and told that she was doing a great job and given the sense of security and stability that she was going to be around and that we had plans to, to help her with opportunity. That when I started doing that for her, you could tell that that was the reward that she was wanting all along. So that uh, that was a game changer for me learning that. And uh, it's something that if you can learn what truly motivates your people, you can always 
make your company go better. And sounds like save some money. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to take those things back. I told her, I said, why don't you start regifting these things? Or something? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So Kevin, what inspired you to, uh, to get into consulting like this? You know, being in the staffing industry for almost 15 years, I came across companies on a regular basis that I was staffing for that unfortunately I was doing really well um, off their uh, company, but it was only because they were having such turnover that they were using me on a regular basis. And it wasn't the people that I was providing because they were all telling me, man, the people you provide are top notch. They're great. They just, you know, they end up leaving. Well, when I finally started having some candid conversations with companies and say, Hey, listen, you realize that people don't leave companies that they usually leave supervisors and they leave cultures. That was very eye opening to a lot of them. Some of them didn't want to hear it. I'll be honest with you. And others said, well, what can we do about that? And when we started going down the road of what can we do about that? That's how Barracuda consulting was born. So, we go in, we do a full HR diagnostic on a company, look at employee handbooks, policy, policy designs, what kind of trainings they're offering, uh, design and implementation of an onboarding process, um, what type of recruiting and hiring they're doing, how their payroll is actually done is a big thing. Um, you know, Like I said, I own a payroll company, but some companies are actually still working in the stone age about how they pay people. You know, people want to have access to their money easily and quickly, and they want to be able to look at it and not have to open up a pay stamp. Um, you know, pre-employment screenings, time and attendance solutions, uh, unemployment, workers' comp claims, how that's affecting their businesses, uh, employee benefits, whether or not they were state-of-the-art or severely lacking, uh, wage and salary surveys, looking at how they're paying their people, uh, job descriptions. It's pretty simple that if you're not fishing with the right bait, you're never going to catch what you want to catch. So if your job descriptions aren't up to date and attractive to someone, um, that's something that uh, you'd be missing out on as well. Uh, we do some employee surveys. We do some culture building by analyzing and summarizing um, certain things. Uh, employee relations and retention. We look at uh, some conflict resolution strategies, uh, performance reviews. If you're still in the Stone Age and you're doing a one-year performance review, you're way behind. Um, nobody wants to wait an entire year to find out whether or not they're doing well or not. They want to be actively engaged in the process and be told on a regular basis how they're doing. Uh, we even go over employee discipline and dismissals. Uh, it's, a, it's a policy development thing on how you can uh, work with people or not work with them moving forward and make sure how you get out of that. Um, teach them how to do exit interviews so that you get the information you need to not make that problem moving forward. People are very honest when they're no longer working for your company uh, and they know they're on their way out. Um, so they'll be really honest with you and tell you, hey, you know, you really do have a problem in this department. So uh, employee motivations, uh, engagement programs, how do we get that? Uh, workplace wellness programs, we institute that. We do that even here at our own office. Uh, we have uh, wellness weeks where we all work on certain things. Uh, we talk about succession planning, organizational development, any sort of legal compliance that might need to happen. Um, and then we do a ton of trainings. That's one of the things that we're doing a ton of right now. Um, cultural competency training is one of the things that we're doing a lot of, uh, just understanding a cross-cultural environment. Um, harassment training, how to deal with that, EEO training. 
um, hiring workshops, multi-generational workforce is a big one. Right now we have four, almost five generations that are in the workforce. Um, and how do you work with those five different generational type people in the same area? Uh, diversity inclusion training, um, we do lunch and learns, um, and then we just do uh, anything else that is necessary. Anything that we can do to help save time and money, we eliminate the need for a full-time HR team because we can create a package just for them. Did you say, you said five generations? I know, I know. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's not out of all of that I got five generations, but I know when, when, you, when you said five generations, I thought, wow, trying to communicate with those, that many different belief systems. You know? So you've got your baby boomers who are on their way out. Most of them are retiring or are getting close to retirement age, um, but they're definitely in the workforce. A lot of them are in leadership roles still um, within the environment. Um, and then you've got, uh, right after that, uh, you've got generation, oh, I'm going to butcher this one. Um, I think it's X and then generation Y and then generation Z. Um, you have millennials in there as well. And then you have the digital natives and I think they're digital. I think they're generation Z. They're called digital natives. They're the youngest one. So we've all heard about millennials. People have actually made punchlines and jokes. Um, out of them. I actually employ a bunch of millennials here in my office mm -hmm. um, and they're phenomenal. Um, I, you just have to know what type of environment and culture you want to create for a millennial to do well within your organization. Uh, we're very community oriented. Um, we do a lot of community stuff and that's something that uh, the people that work here are very uh, engaged in. In fact, they do a lot of volunteering and help out a lot of different groups. Um, I was given a speech the other day and realized that I sat down and looked at all the different, we've given to over 75 different causes during the time that we've been in business here. And that's something I'm pretty proud of that that's time and money and, and everything else that we do as well. So, um, we try and do that, but understanding that, and then the digital natives are actually the newest generation. I have a talk almost daily with hiring managers regarding this, what uh, the differences between a digital native and uh, that uh, that of the millennials. I had no idea about digital natives, uh, so that's we'll say that for a, another another one. But yeah, I didn't even know that existed. But I can I can definitely. They're the, yeah, they're graduating from high school right now. They've never wow. lived in a universe for which there wasn't digital wow. um, information. That is. That is crazy. I was, I was um, uh, at, I think it, it was your office and, and one of your team members was uh, saving their password in Google. And I remember I said, are, are you going to, you're going to let Google save your password? <laughs> she said, she said, yeah, I probably shouldn't, but I mean, I grew up with this. And I, you know, I'm like, oh, well, I feel old now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I had, I had one where I did an interview about, uh, oh, it was earlier this year. And I asked, uh, one of the questions that I asked during an interview is, hey, tell me where you would go to find the information um, if you ever ran into a, a problem or question that you didn't have the answer. And what I was generally looking for was, hey, try and find another teammate or something like that. But the answer to the question that this young lady gave was, well, that's easy. I just go to Google. They've been around forever. Forever? And me being 41 <laughs> was like, Forever, they didn't even have computers when I was first. Absolutely, so, uh, absolutely. Google is not, and it just made me re remember real quick, like like 
Oh, multi-generation workforce. <laughs> they think Google's been around forever. Forever. And so, you know, I asked, hey, have you ever heard of an encyclopedia? And they said, eh, yeah, I think it's a big book, but I don't know what it's used for. Oh, man. Um, and same goes with a dictionary. And, well, why would you do that? You got spell check. Okay. <laughs> so it's a, it's a different world that we're working in, for That's sure. Awesome. So, Kevin, what's the most important question as we're closing? I know we're coming up on time, but what's the, what's the most important question that uh, a business owner should ask themselves as they consider uh, taking uh, a, a PDP-type survey here? How well do you know yourself would be the first question. Um, I, like I said, I come from a long line of leadership. I study it. I think it's one of the most important things you can possibly do as a business owner. Um, but if you don't know yourself, you can never lead others. So learn yourself so you can lead others is, is a big thing. Um, and then find out what works for you and your environment. You know, we have certain roles within our organization that it takes someone that has high detail and has the ability to follow processes. You know, I would not do well in that role. Um, that is not who I am, and that's not. So if someone were to come back with a PDP that looks like mine, honestly, we'd probably pass on them, or we would consider them for another position within the organization. That has happened several times where we've just really liked someone. We interviewed them. The PDP came back after the initial interview. We looked at it and said, you know what? They're not going to fit for this role because of this or this, but we have an additional role that's coming up and we're going to consider them for that. So that's worked out several times. Um, if you don't know your people, how are you ever going to lead them? Um, so that's why the PDP is so valuable. Um, getting to know, um, getting to know your people. One of the things I was, I was talking with a gentleman yesterday and he has 260 people in his organization and he's at the top. And uh, I was talking to him about this and he said well how in the world am i going to be able to use pdp i can't possibly know 260 different pdps and i said yeah you're right i would never ask you to do that but there's got to be at least 10 that you're blown away with that are just phenomenal employees in the departments that they work in and then if you had 10 more just like them you would do even better oh yeah absolutely yeah i could and he started rattling off names of the people that he would you know, like to clone basically. And I said, well, that's what PDP will allow for you. We can give them a PDP, start finding out what their strengths are, what they bring to the table. And then we can actually go out and create um, a recruiting process to find those types of people for you. He was blown away and we've got a meeting with him next week to sit down and look at how that's going to work for him and his organization. But uh, he said, yeah, I never thought of it that way. That would be a game changer for us. So Beautiful. And when they're looking for a, a HR consultant, uh, is, is that what you call, is that what you call yourself is an HR consultant or is that? Yeah, we're, we're human resource consultants at the end of the day. Okay. All right. So when somebody's, when somebody's e evaluating that or considering, uh, evaluating, uh, consultants, what, what should they be, uh, what's the most important thing to look for there? Um, you know, most everybody will point towards, Hey, you want somebody with a bunch of experience. Um, that's not what I believe. I think a lot of times people with a lot of experience tend to lean on 
tried and true practices that they've always followed. So everyone's going to get the same results. So I'm going to give them the same cookie cutter program. Whereas with us, we are fully customizable to every single uh, employer that we come across. Not everybody needs the same thing. So we don't offer a box program like, hey, for, for this much money, you can get this, this, and this, but not anything else. Well, that doesn't make any sense. One and two might be great for them, but three is completely not even needed. So we fully customize everything that we do. Uh, we work with small and medium-sized businesses, um, some that have an HR department and some that have no HR department. Uh, we help to streamline the businesses and processes um, and then they get very specialized in the questions that they need answered and, and things that they need to get done. So how does somebody find out more about you and your company? Well, they could reach out to us um, either directly by calling us at 918-216-9214 or as most people do these days, they jump online and that's Barracuda, B-A-R-R-A-C-U-D-A Consulting dot com um, that's the easiest way to check us out um, obviously uh, reach out to us everything is free when we come out and first meet with you to begin with we don't know what if you have any issues or if there's anything we can help you out with so that's why we do the the free uh, HR diagnostic where we come out and review some stuff with you have some conversations to see what your needs are and then we can sit down and build out a customized package that uh, will help you know a lot of people are under the impression that hey um, anytime someone says the word consultant, that it means it costs a lot of money. But one thing I can tell you for sure is that when it comes to the HR world, most business owners are a little apprehensive to use things because HR, quite honestly, is not a profit center for most companies. Um, and I get that. I understand that. And so it's not sexy to go out and work on your HR. So uh, once again, I said I understand that. I get that. But to have the peace of mind to be able to lay your pillow on the head at night, to know that your HR policies are up to date um, and that you, your company is working uh, fairly and legally um, in all aspects of what they do will keep your company afloat. Uh, there's one thing that HR will do, and if you don't abide by it and you don't pay attention to it, it will cause you your company in, in overnight. So um, that's one thing that I make sure people are aware of is that I understand it's not a profit center but it also could be the reason why your company could get shut down if you don't pay attention to it. So it's one thing that we're very passionate about is making sure people understand uh, how we can help them in that area. Awesome. Good deal. Thank Kevin. Thanks for taking time out. I, I know for sure uh, firsthand how busy you are and all the companies that you're running and everything that you're doing in the community. And I just appreciate you stopping by and, uh, and sharing with us today. Well, I, obviously, you know how much I value our friendship um, and that uh, nothing will ever change about that. And I just appreciate everything that you do for the community as well, um, how significant you've been in my life. And uh, just looking forward to, to continue, continuing that on as well. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Well, that's it for this week's show. So, uh, you know what we say, own the block.